Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. I, I was greeted this morning when I woke up with something. Can y'all explain it? Rain. Oh my gosh. A rainy morning in Georgia. Yay. How long has it been? Uh, well, you know, we've heard the song Rainy Night in Georgia. Uh, it's uh, quite honestly been a rainy week in Georgia. Uh, yeah, sports wise. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, especially, you know, let's just start off with the Braves fans. I mean, good gracious. So much excitement and expectation that's been building up over this past year. And we're just absolutely crushed, you know, uh, in that in that loss earlier this week. And so, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and, you know, they're just so disappointed and devastated, exasperated, uh, mad, sad, numb, you know. And, and, and there's some folks that just like, you know, it's like, OK, forget it, I don't care anymore. Well, I mean, you do care. Uh, and um, but it's. You know, it's just like, ah, oh, gosh, when will, when will that end? You know, but here's the truth. Baseball and football, you know, if you're in, a, in the Georgia area, it can take a toll on you. Have you figured that out yet? It can take a toll on you, and uh, I've seen it in the lives of so many people. Uh, but it's not just true in sports, is it? It's definitely true in life. Life has a way of, of taking a toll on us. And... Um, uh, the truth is, is every one of us have been hit with uh, crushing defeats. You know, we've had those experiences where we felt like uh, the Braves, where there was so much promise and so much expectation, and yet, boom, it all comes crashing down. Uh, and as followers of Jesus Christ, that's been true in, in each of our lives. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Uh, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So there are those crushing defeats. And the reality is it's, it's, it's especially disturbing whenever you see so much potential. This morning we've already been singing about who we are in Christ and, and we are who He says we are. And He says that we are victorious, that we're more than conquerors. So how do we deal with that? This past week alone, I mean, it, it is just as you, if you're just looking and aware and sensitive what's going on around you. I mean, I've encountered people who are literally uh, are spiritually lost. They're 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 lost, and uh, they're lonely. Uh, they're searching and they're 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 looking and. Uh, they're trying to experience some sense of uh, purpose and meaning in life uh, through what the world has to offer. They're lost. Uh, I also, this past this week, I, I've, I've uh, encountered people and talked with some individuals that are just stuck and, and they're stunned. They're very frustrated about the circumstances in their life or the situations. They just, they, they're just stuck. You know anybody like that? There's been times that you felt that way. You're just stuck and you're not moving forward. 
I, I have talked with people this week that are, are just tormented by guilt. Guilt is just having a heyday in their life. And uh, it is so debilitating. And, and they feel ashamed. They feel dirty. And, and uh, they're, they're allowing that to just pervade their very essence of life. Others I, I've talked to uh, just are completely in the dark. They just, they just feel like they're just completely... Um, uh, they have no answers to what they need to do. They just, they're just in the dark. You ever felt that way? Just like you're in the dark, don't know what to do? Powerless and vulnerable? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, just in conversations, you know, people just, just, just kind of speaking. I'm just, you can't change anything. I'm powerless. I'm so vulnerable. And, and, and they act like they're just so vulnerable. And so many of these are believers. Others uh, trapped, slave to their circumstances. You know, that's the reality as we're going through life. And we're not talking about sports. We're talking about life. We're talking about individualized people. Life has a way of taking a toll on us. And that's exactly what Peter is addressing whenever he writes uh, to these listeners in Peter. Peter is uh, talking to some younger believers who are experiencing not just these difficulties in life and these crushing circumstances. They are being persecuted. Uh, these are young Christians that are having a very difficult time. They're struggling and uh, they're not really sure how to deal with that. And so Peter begins by just reminding them who they are. He reestablishes the truth that, you know, that God loves them and that God has a plan for their life and God is working in their life and that God is just all powerful. And so he begins in first Peter chapter one by just speaking that the fact that, you know, listen, stop looking at life through the lens that the world has given you and allow me to uh, speak truth to you and remind you that God wants you to invite him into how you experience every aspect of life. And so it's here that Peter reminds them that they are set apart, they are holy. They, they've got, God's just got His hand on them as His children. And when we left off, we, we were talking about how He reminds them of God's precious Word. And I, and, and I want us to, to really pick up in, the, in that today because it's here that He's saying to those listeners, guys... What you are experiencing will not last. It may feel like it's going on and on and on and you're going, when will it end? Uh, but it will not endure. It may feel like it. This will not endure. But he goes on to say, I will tell you what will endure. Pick up with me in verse 23. For it's here that he's saying, I'm going to tell you what's going to endure. He says, for you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. So what will endure? The Word of God. For he says, For as uh, all men are like grass, and all their glory like the flowers of the field, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the Word of the Lord stands how long? Forever. Wow. And this is the Word that was preached to you. It's um, it's here that 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 Paul, that Peter is saying, guys, guys, I just need you to refocus. I need you to understand really what's going on. This is the word that was preached to you. What's the purpose of preach 
the preached Word of God is so that we may take it and we may receive it, we may digest it into our lives. Now, whenever you're going through a difficult time, whenever there are challenges in your life, whenever there are perhaps strongholds or hurts or habits or relationships financially, uh, things are going on spiritually, you're in a drought, uh, physically there's pain, whatever the case may be, whenever that's going on, you know, to have these words spoken to you, sometimes you may think, well, you know, that's all nice and good, but how does that help me now? How does that help me now? And I think God would want to say to every one of us, well, I'm glad you asked. This morning, I just want to share really two things with you that uh, from, from the passage that we're going to continue to read in, in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And I want us to frame it in this way. Here's what God wants you to know. And here's what God wants you to do. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, sometimes we're just, I just don't know. I don't know what I need to know. And then I don't know what I need to do. Here's what God wants you to know. And here's what God wants you to do. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, a powerful passage that reminds us that God's Word is full of power. And here's what He says, For the Word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit and both joints and marrow, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. But focus on this, for the Word of God is living and active and full of power. What God wants to remind me and you of today, and, and, and I know what God would want to say to those that I spoke of earlier that, that felt stuck, that felt powerless, that felt overwhelmed uh, in life is this. The Word of God, my Word, is full of power. It's full of power. You know, as we think about this, when we look at the Word of God and allow Him just to speak His Word to us, and this isn't just a devotion, uh, this isn't just any book, that, uh, it's here in Hebrews that we're reminded it's living. God's Word is living. And when we come to this Word right here, we're not coming to get information, we're coming to encounter the living God through His Word. And it's in His Word uh, that we find that the antithesis of every kind of issue that we face. So think about this. It's in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 23, that, uh, that's where he says, You have been born not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living Word of God. See, it's by the Word of God that we are born again. By God's living Word that we are born again. That's how powerful it is. You go from death to life. It's by the Word of God that we grow up. In, in uh, the second chapter, look with me here. It's here in verse 1. He begins by saying, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. And like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. So here's what we're saying. Through God's spoken word, His living word, we're born again. Through God's word, it is with the word of God that we grow up and we mature as followers of Jesus Christ. 
But also it's through God's spoken word that we are cleansed. John 15, 3 says, now you are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. This is what Jesus says. Now you are clean through this word. If you're feeling dirty and guilty and miserable and all that kind of stuff, it is through God's living and active word that we're absolutely cleansed. That's amazing. That's what he says. Here's what he says. Here's my word is so powerful that by it that you are sanctified. In John 17, 17, Jesus is praying to God. He says, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Here's the word of God. The living, active word of God. We are absolutely sanctified. We are set apart. We are made holy. It is Here's what the Word of God does through His living Word. It's by it that we get light. We go from being in the dark about a situation to having light and clearly seeing. Look what the psalmist says in Psalm 119, 105. He says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What is it? The Word of God. This is a, the living, active Word of God. Amazing. By God's word, we are defended. Ephesians 6, 17, uh, he says, Paul says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It is through his word that we are defended from all, all these attacks that we have coming against us from the world and from the evil one and even from our own flesh. We are defended. We are not vulnerable. We are not defenseless because of the word of God. By the word of God, we are set free. In John 8, 32, Jesus says, And you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Wow. God's word is living and active. Well, why then do we, why do, then do we find ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ, as disciples of Christ, and why do we encounter so many that are under so much oppression and circumstances? Yes, there's a battle going on. And yet God has proclaimed to us and shared with us because of His faithfulness that there's definitely an antidote to the stuff that's going on. And it's Jesus, the living Word. Jesus. And before we just kind of push that off, let's just be reminded of this. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.3 that by the Word of God that the world was created, just by the spoken Word. Don't you think that by the spoken Word of God and the living Word of God that He could create something new in you? He created all that is. But it also reminds us that in 2 Peter 3, 5, which we'll see later, uh, that by the spoken word of God, the world will be destroyed. We're, we're talking about power. We're not talking about information. We're talking about the powerful word of the living God, the promises of God. And God just wants me and you to know this. My word is powerful. My word is powerful. Don't continue to languish in, in, in a sense of helplessness. Don't allow your thoughts about your situation or about what can and should be done in the world to prevail. Allow me to speak it through because he's given us everything we need to know through his word. The powerful word of God. That God wants us to know that. So here's what God wants me to do. This is what God wants you to do. Just two things I think that we can see in this particular passage right here. For he says there in the, um, 
in uh, verse 2, he says, well, excuse me, back up to verse 1, he says, Therefore, and he's, he's spoken because of who we are in Christ, as followers of Christ, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. So right there, right off the bat, here's what God wants me and you to do as followers of His, no matter how long you've been walking with Him. Lay aside, lay aside sin. Lay aside these things. And, and specifically here, He is just speaking of matters of the mouth. Most of these things that He's talking about here result, manifest themselves through the mouth. You know, it's what's happening within us. And he said, you got to lay this stuff aside because all that does is quench your appetite for the Word of God. Lay this stuff aside. You know, when we think about our mouths, the, the truth of the matter is there's a lot of stuff that, you know, comes in our mouth and then whatever comes in, it has an effect on us. Whenever I'm eating... By, by, by the way, yesterday I had a great opportunity to go. They had, it was called Eggtober. Was that, huh? Eggtoberfest. Eggtoberfest. This is the green egg, big shebang out in uh, Stone Mountain. And all of these professionals and amateurs are cooking every sort of thing that you can possibly imagine on the green eggs. And I was all pumped up, you know, go, man, I'm on a... And by the time I was leaving, it's like, haul me away. I was just miserable. Got home last night and Felicia said, you know, what are you want for supper? I said, nothing. <laughs> nothing. You know, you can take some stuff in and it'll give you a bellyache. It'll give you a headache. Uh, there's all kind of stuff that happens to us, you know, by stuff that, that we receive. Well, the same thing is true, you know, in our spiritual, emotional, mental world right there. Stuff that we receive, it just kind of makes us sick. And what, what, what he's saying here is this, guys, guys, uh, lay this stuff aside. Lay, lay this stuff aside. You know, don't eat french fries when you got lobster waiting on you. Don't do it. Uh, don't do like Felicia says. I'm not going to eat that roughage whenever I got good stuff. And she's calling the salad bar, you know, filler food. You know, don't fill up on that stuff when you got the good stuff waiting on you. And I don't know what your favorite food is, you know, but he's saying, don't do this. Just lay it aside. Just, just lay it, pass on by. Why? Because the feast is coming. And then here's what he says. He said, so I want you to be intentional knowing that you've got to be selective. If you've ever been to a buffet, you know that you're selective. In life, you've got to be selective about what's coming in. Be selective, you know, when it comes to what you're watching on TV, what you're listening to, just, you know, how, all of that kind of, be selective. Lay this stuff aside. Because what it does is it quenches your appetite for this delicious Word of God. So he says, lay this stuff aside. And then he says, crave my Word. Crave my Word. He says it like this, like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good. Isn't that amazing? So here's what he's saying. He's saying as followers of His, as disciples, as Christians that are living right now today, uh, what I want you to be very, very uh, intentional about is, is one is just understanding that and remembering 
And don't lose this, that my word is transformational. My promises are true. Don't stay stuck with the bellyache of, of self-pity. Don't stay stuck with uh, just the headache of uh, undiagnosed uh, inferiority complex. Don't stay stuck in that. Allow me to speak truth to you. And I want you to crave my word. I want you to develop. You know, the picture here, you know, is, you know, is a baby that's craving her, their mother's milk. <clears throat> How many of you parents, mamas, have ever had tried to have a conversation uh, uh, with your, you know, newborn baby or saying, hey, it will be ready in 15 minutes. You're about 15 minutes. Just hang on. Be patient to be ready in 15 minutes. How far does that get you? Uh, that doesn't work. Doesn't work, you know, because there's just that driving hunger, you know, to be fed. Whenever growing up on the farm and had a uh, guys, we're gonna have an opportunity to go down there. Please don't shoot no cows uh, when we go down there. Uh, uh, price of beef is going up. Uh, but, uh, you know, just being able to be on the farm and watching, you know, those newborn calves, you know, nurse. Now, that's not a pretty sight. I'm just telling you, if you've ever seen that, it's not a pretty, you know, when they get hungry, you know, they go chase down their mama and they just start, you know, they going after their and they're, they're nursing. And whenever they're nursing, uh, they get after it. And every now and then you'll just see them just kind of lower their head and then butt their mama right in their sack. You know, and it's like, what? You know, they won't say, I want more milk, more milk. And then, you know, they're through and there's just all this foam and milk and stuff all over their face. And they're just, they're just, just get, getting after and they're just loving every minute. And that's a picture. That's the kind of picture that, that Peter's painting. He's, I want you to crave it like that. I want you to crave it like that. Lay this stuff aside and I want you to crave my word. Why? Why does he say that? Because he said, my word will never return void. My word will always accomplish what I say it will. Are you stuck? Man, I'll get you unstuck. Are you lost? Through my word, you will be found. Are you tormented by guilt? Oh, you'll find cleansing. Because in my word, if you'll just take and apply my word, do you, are you feeling powerless and vulnerable? Oh, you'll find through my word that I can, that you can do all things through Christ who gives you. You see, by applying the Word of God, it is absolutely transformational. Now, here's the deal. So often, though, you know, we, and I've been there, and, and, and uh, perhaps you've been there, it's like, <clears throat> see, right now, for some of you, uh, either in your flesh or the Satan is going, see, you are pathetic. You're awful because you don't love the Word of God. You don't crave it. As a matter of fact, you don't even get into it very often. Every now and then you go, oh man, I need to read a little bit of Scripture. You know, and you'll try to throw a little bit around. And, and so he's just condemning you right now, saying you're just pathetic because you don't love the Word of God. And you go, yeah, well, it's kind of different, all that kind of stuff. Have you ever acquired a taste for anything? Let me tell you, I didn't like rutabagas when I was growing up, but now I'm going to tell you, they're on the buffet. Down at Rip. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in love with rutabagas. Oh my goodness. 
Oh my goodness, it's so good. But anyway, you can acquire a taste for something, but you know, we go, ah, I just don't have it. I've just, I've, you know, I've never really understood God's word. It's just not good. And I think that a lot of times what we've done is just allowed uh, just our first experience to dictate the rest of our life. We've allowed our first experience to, to tell us a truth, and we've not allowed God's word to come and speak truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the lie. We have a family, and I've, I've shared some of this with you. In, in my family, you know, um, uh, we have a whole family of super tasters. You know what a super taster is, right? You know, these are people that, I mean, there's just, there's just stuff that's going on in, that, in their mouth that right there. They can just taste everything that's uh, in, in a, um, a dish, and, and they'll, they'll just mm, be able to identify. I, I don't do that. I, mean, I, I just go in there and go, yeah, that's good, that's not good. But, you know, or just give me some food, give me some nourishment. But th these are uh, super tasters. There's this sense of having this far greater intensity to recognize what's going on. We've got some super tasters in this room right now. But it's amazing when you've got these super tasters together. Uh, uh, they are always talking about the food and then the food that's coming up next. I was down last weekend getting ready for some of the men's deal and we and uh, went out with uh, several of my family members down there. And you should just hear them. I just sit back and just kind of listen. I mean, they are just talking about every, oh, the grits are like this and blah, blah, blah. Every dish, they're just, they're just like, oh, really? They're just talking about it. Have you known anybody that, you know, that's, just, just always talking about the Word of God. Just, you know, they're going, man, look, look what God showed me. Look at this. Oh, 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 oh. And you're sitting there going, I don't know what you're talking about. All I can say is, I like it or don't like it. I, I just don't know what you're talking about. And so we begin to go, I, I just don't get it. The Word in the Bible, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I did a little research on super taster. It's actually a term. It, it was a term that originated in the 80s. And there were some researchers and all this stuff that was going on, and they said that it's because of a that it has a biological basis. It's not something you can just work yourself into. They said you're born with it. You're just born with all all that. You're just born, you know, and you've just got this great sensitivity. So it's it's in your genes. Now some of us are going ah, you know, just I've just never been able to fully understand when it comes to God's word. Here's what he says. You, as a child of God, are a super taster. You're going, no, I'm not. I, I, I. Oh, yeah, you are. Why? Because you're born with it. You're born with it. And I think that Satan has so often just robbed us of this by enticing us to go to this filler food and then we kind of get f filled up there rather than just spending a little bit of time and just... Just saying, okay, listen, I love these crab legs so much, I'm going to take time. I'm going to break those things open. Now, some of us, see, I, I, there was a day when I'd go, that just takes too much effort. Just don't like that. Just, just too much effort. You can just dive into a steak. You don't have to crack nothing, you know. Just dive into it. But God's, God is saying that if we just take this time We'll begin to nurture these things that enhance 
what it is that we know about God's Word and the truth of His Word that will bring about the results that so many of us are crying for, just pleading for. See, the promises of God are yes in Jesus Christ. And in this particular passage, He, he is just reminding me and you that we're born with this gene of a love for God's Word. What does God want me to do? For some of us today, it's just go recognize, say, okay, I've got it. Now I'm going to allow you to nurture and develop that in my life. And it may be, it may be just taking a step to take some time with somebody and let them help you understand how to read the Bible. It may be uh, spending time with somebody and allowing them to, to walk with you to learning how to hear from God whenever He's speaking to you through His Word. He's always speaking to you through His Word. And maybe for, for some, it's just coming to say, Lord, you know what? I've allowed a lot of this mouth stuff. This, this, this mouth stuff is a reflection of what's in the heart to, to, to rob me, to rob me of those sweet tastes of Your Word and the power of Your Word in my life and in my circumstances. Because the truth is, is that whatever it is that you are experiencing and going through, God is greater than. But we continue to say, no, this is the way it's going to be. Uh, the truth is, is that God is reminding you that He loves you whenever you're feeling just guilty and, and ashamed. See, allow God's Word. It's, it's just taking that step by faith, living not by sight, but by faith. Saying, I believe you. I believe you. You know how much delight I take in whenever my kids go, I believe you. Rather than going, nah, that's words, 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 Daddy, but I'll do my own thing. See, we do that so often with God. How much delight He takes when we come and say, I trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. The promises of God are true and powerful. His Word is living and active. What does God want us to do? Is come For some, it's just confess, Lord, I'm just laying it down. I'm going to lay this aside. And Lord, I'm going to allow you to continue to develop within me because I have it in my genes. I am a super taster for Your Word. You will develop that, that within me that I can begin to live out of the promises that You have in my life. just wants you to claim it. Just claim it. Claim who you are as a child of God. We were singing that, I am who He says I am. Just allow that to speak to you and, it is, and, it is, and allow your confidence in Him to be reflected in what you say and what you do. This morning we have a, a privilege. Uh, Aaron has already uh, mentioned that we have some special people in the house. Uh, Clarence and Peggy Ledford, and there's a, a good many of you that know them, but some of you don't know them. And uh, we go way back, well, like 20 20 years uh, together when they were a part of our church and, and uh, God brought them here and missionaries uh, as a part of our church and have been all over the world and a heart for the world and, and uh, God's continued to use them and uh, Haiti and Ukraine and other parts of the world and um, even locally. 
Uh, but they just, they, God led them up to North Carolina. They've been up there for the past few years. Uh, but we continue to, they continue to be one of our partners. And so, uh, I'm going to ask Clarence, uh, to come because, uh, uh, he has a few, um, so many opportunities. Uh, Aaron, yeah, I need that right there. And y'all just kind of hang with me while I do a transfer here. Hold on. There we go. If you'll just take that and just sling it on there somewhere. Um, you know, as, as, uh, you know, as many of us, uh, Clarence, uh, Clarence's journey, uh, has, um, allowed him to, to go from just a mm, not a full understanding of, of God's word and, and His grace to just when I look at him, if if he were a calf, I'd see all that milk all over his face and all that kind of stuff. He's just eating it up because he's under he understands God's grace and he's under he understands the power of how God in His living, active Word brings about transformation. In people's lives. So here's my first question, Clarence. See, a lot of us struggle with having this appetite, even as, as children of God, uh, having this appetite, this craving, this, and actually the actual Greek in that is like lust after this. If you're going to lust after, lust after this precious, pure word of God. Uh, can you share with me an example of, I mean, what has helped you uh, to develop such an appetite for God's Word. Oh, just a practical example of that. I think uh, two things. Number one is uh, stop following tradition and follow truth. And God's Word is truth. But in God's Word, it's more than just uh, learning about God. It's actually coming to know Him. It's experiencing Him as He is revealed in the Word, but allowing God the Holy Spirit to teach you and to show you, but then by faith, encountering Jesus and that becoming a reality in your life. Encountering Him is, the uh, I think, the key. And every time we sit down with God's Word, every time we spend the day, it's our purpose is to encounter Him. And Jesus said, I will disclose myself to you. And that's exactly what he means. There is an old song my mom used to sing. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And that is so true. And he will show himself to you and me if we will only allow him to do that. Uh, so in that, um, what I'm hearing is that there's there is the acknowledgement and the expectation. You're not going to go. You're not going and spending that time just to do your devotions. You're going to meet with the living God. Amen. You're going to encounter the person. Uh, so and there's a big difference there. If you approach it as like, okay, I need some information. Oh, I need to check this off the box, as opposed to acknowledging that God loves you. That uh, you are his child, you've got his DNA, and uh, and then all of a sudden, that that begins to uh, take root, and that craving 
uh, continues to grow. All right, second question. You know, I, you've seen and I've seen how God has transformed people's lives through his word. We've, there have been times that uh, each of us have, you know, we've things that we've heard and all of a sudden the truth of God's word comes in and pierces and radically changes our life. You know, it's just by accepting his promises uh, and allowing him uh, to apply those to our situation that no matter how we feel, no matter what we feel we're going through, like this will never change. But then taking the word of God, the promises of God, and apply them to our life, uh, we begin to see a radical change. Do we, are we willing to believe him? Are we willing to trust him and not how we feel? Are we willing to look to that and say, uh, this is crushing, but this will not endure? Why? Because he says, he says, my word will endure. My word will endure. Uh, give me, can you give me an example of how you've seen just God and, and his promises bring about transformation and, and, um, some of the people's lives and by, let me just back up just a little bit. So a lot of, we don't have time to get in all that stuff, but just a life of serving God uh, on the mission field. Uh, but also now just so much being able to walk with people and help them understand, uh, grace, God's grace. And uh, the freedom that comes because of the bondage that they've experienced in their life. And so just just amazing work there. But can you give me just an example of how when you take the word and somebody receives that promise and, you know, Jesus reveals that to them, that it of just kind of how it just broke them loose. You know, they broke free. They were set free. Transformation. Just this past week, uh, I have the privilege of ministering to a young lady in Ukraine. And Peggy and I knew her years ago. Uh, the missionaries asked us if we would come there to do the training, if we would do that a week early because this young lady was suicidal. And so we went there and Peggy and I spent a week with her and God brought her out of that. And she did the training that we, that we do. And uh, God brought radical transformation in her life through the truths that were presented. But after we left Ukraine and whatever, and in the years that have ensued from that, uh, she has got into problem solving. Uh, she helps church members, Christians, uh, if they're at angry with each other and there's conflict, conflict resolution is what she does and gets paid for it. And she earns her living that way. But she came in her own life to where she was just in such bondage uh, that she contacted the missionaries in Canada and said, could I get their email address? I'd like to connect with them. And so she did. And this past week, as I was with her, uh, because Jesus, in reality, is the wonderful counselor. We hear it at Christmas. But his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He's the source of all blessings, you know, Prince of Peace. He is that. And he's that 24-7. He never gave it away to anyone else. And uh, if, just like he, he has never given away his saviorhood, he always saves people. It's not us that save people. And it's not us that counsels people. So... 
uh, I said to her, are you willing to go to Jesus to find out what the problem is? And she said, I am, because she knows he's a wonderful counselor. And I just said, Lord Jesus, would you just draw her into a conscious awareness of your presence? And she said, this is what I'm seeing. I see myself in a bed, like in a hospital room. But the reality is I'm a prisoner here. And uh, suddenly Jesus came through the window and he said to her, you have tried everything that you know to get out of this prison. You've tried psychology. You've tried your own efforts. You've tried uh, what your friends think. And, and he went down through a list. But you haven't tried me. And she said, Jesus, I choose you as the wonderful counselor. And I choose you as the one. And he said, there's a passage of Scripture in the Old Testament that says, is there not balm uh, in Gilead? Is there not a physician there? Is Jesus not the doctor and the medicine, the cure? Is he not? And so she, by faith, just received him as that. And suddenly the walls disappeared and she saw herself out standing looking at the beautiful grass and the beautiful trees. God had set her free and it radically changed her life instantaneously. Just a couple of days later, I got this note from her saying, would it be okay to, okay to share the Abba Father lesson that you've done or the short Bible course that you've done? Would it be okay to share that with my dear friend? And I said, well, of course, <laughs> you know. And she is now beginning to disciple uh, others to the point that she herself has been discipled. And that's what she's doing. And that is just a radical change even this past week that we saw. I think uh, the example here is this. Um, every day, matter of fact, I think some of y'all probably got plans to go get something to eat after lunch. I mean, after church. And then tonight you'll probably eat. Uh, tomorrow you probably will. You know, every now and then it's, you know, the proportions are different. The poor, uh, But it's just continuing to present yourself to Jesus, to His Word, uh, you know, sometimes you'll walk away going, okay, I'm filled, I'm content. Other times you'll walk away and going, oh my goodness. Uh, I think one of the secrets here as far as uh, what we're seeing in this passage and what he's saying is just continue to come to him. You know, continue to present yourself to him. Continue, you know, and then, and then God will just and be honest with him as she, as she was. So praise God for that. So the, the ministry, I know that way back, I can't, I don't even know what year it was, but the, the, uh, Daniel and I went to see y'all in the Ukraine, and that was a long time ago. God can, is continuing to do a great work in Ukraine. Um, I know that y'all were uh, doing a great uh, work in um, Haiti, and God's a lot, opened up a lot of doors there. You continue to counsel a whole lot of folks um, here and across the world involved in uh, your church up there in Mars Hill, North Carolina, and the new church uh, new church starts. So uh, the, Clarence and Peggy have always been an encouragement to me that, you know, God's never done. No, God's never done. He you just ain't like, okay, let's just hit the pause button. But what God has done in their life, there's just this appetite to continue to share that with people around them. Uh, God is wanting to use every one of us, no matter what our age, no matter what our season of life, 
there's great freedom that can come into people's life if we just make ourselves available to Him. Um, all right, share with us. Uh, uh, we're going to uh, take a, a turn here, but I just want you to share with us, with as busy as y'all are and as involved as you are, like right now, just some prayer requests concerning uh, some of the opportunities that you have and that God's just putting on your heart that we can pray with you about. Uh, we would like for you to pray for the peace of Haiti. I left on a Saturday in January this year, and Wednesday the country shut down. They are in absolute full-blown rebellion against the president, uh, who was duly elected, of course, and yet they are in rebellion against him and trying to overthrow him. And it has brought uh, food and fuel shortages. Uh, churches cannot even meet. Uh, there's chaos going on in that country, and we would certainly appreciate your praying for the peace of Haiti. Uh, recently, I met a young man uh, who is uh, he is a co-pastor of a church there. He's like a bishop of 13 churches, and he is the president of a ministry that uh, feeds 80 orphans. And uh, so anyway... He was in the U.S. He just recently graduated from Fruitland Bible Institute in uh, Hendersonville. And uh, while he was there, he got to know a lot of people and whatever. And he had uh, raised $2,700 uh, to take back to feed the orphans. And because of the chaos in the country, he wanted to just carry the funds in cash, go back, and be able to buy food immediately. And so when he got there, there had been a riot the day before near the airport, and the public transport was shut down, so he had to walk home. And on his way home, he, was, he fell among thieves, like uh, you know the, the guy in the Bible, and they literally took his money, they beat him, they did all these things. And so uh, the children are left without food. And, uh, and it's getting to where they can't even buy food there, and there's going to be starvation. And uh, anyway, last Sunday morning, Peggy and I were in a Sunday school class, and they were asking for prayer requests. And I, was, I, w I shared the prayer request, could we pray that God would provide for those children? And after the service, a guy walked up to me, and, and he gave me a check for $2,700 or $2, and we have that check today and giving it to Anna to put it in the account to go to Haiti to feed those children. But our Sunday school teacher said this, let's pray that God would triple that, would, that it would come back threefold. And so today you may have $2,700 that you'd like to give to uh, the children, you know, so that they can eat. Uh, we would be happy to receive that check, you know, <laughs> if, you're, if you can do that or whatever you can do. So God is at work in a powerful way uh, around the world. So it's, it's really wonderful. And, uh, but I, I think, that to me, the heart of your message is, we are children of God. Amen? That's who we are. Can you imagine being the child of the deity, the deity of the world? You know, God Himself. We are His children. And God truly wants to work in our lives in us and through us. Amen. Well, uh, He won't go running out of here. They're going to be hanging around a little bit. Uh, but um, and if you uh, 
I want to know a little bit more about Clarence and Peggy. They do send out uh, an update, uh, and you can just indicate that on your Connect card. Just say, I would like to see what else God is doing uh, through this partner of ours at Crosspoint. Um, we're going to close our service right now and ask our ushers if you would come forward. And uh, as we do, it gives us an opportunity to just kind of prayerfully reflect on, on what God has spoken today uh, and just let him, um, through his Holy Spirit, just encourage you to, by faith to trust what he is doing in your life, to, to receive the promise, the truth of who you are. Uh, maybe today is just a profession, just confessing, I am a super taster. I'm not going to be robbed of the great things of God anymore that he has for my life. And then also to pray uh, for Clarence and Peggy and all that God is doing in their ministry. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for this day and the opportunity that we have just to sit at your feet, Jesus. Um, we just um, thank you for your word. Uh, Father, forgive us uh, for just taking for granted the life-giving word that you've uh, provided for us through your presence. And now we just ask, too, that uh, we would just each just make a decision to lay aside the, whatever you bring to mind that's just keeping us from feasting at your table. Lord, we do ask, Lord, for your continued blessings on uh, Clarence and Peggy. Thank you for their partnership in the gospel. We thank you for their friendship. Uh, we, Lord, we pray for Haiti and all that's going there. Um, Lord, we just, uh, we're just asking for your protection of, of uh, Lord, your leaders and your uh, children there and a breakthrough. Lord, for these children at this orphanage, uh, Lord, we just ask for your provision. And if we're a part of that, just, Lord, make us aware and, and let us give gladly out of the abundance that you've blessed us with. But also, Lord, now just bless these offerings all for your glory and the advancement of your kingdom uh, that your word would be lifted up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.